that was accomplished on the cross. Lord, I pray that as we lean into this message, that your Holy Spirit would tailor an insight that would be just just specific enough for us to know that you are speaking to us individually, just as you are speaking to us corporately. Lord, I pray that you would bless these words, you would bless these ears, and you would bless our time together. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I have my iPad here. I brought it because I didn't want to miss a single thing to share with you today. Well, I have on here that I wanted to start off by sharing a little bit about myself. So again, my name is Juliana. I am a Christ follower. Go God. I am an extrovert. Are you surprised? I am a social butterfly. Social distancing? Not a thing I ever want to do again. I just don't like social distancing. It's not cool. It's not fun. It is not like particularly refreshing for me at this time. I am a social butterfly. I am also a night owl. I am absolutely a dreamer, but I am a doer. You can ask my coworkers. And I always go for the risk because I'm just that go-getter type of girl. And I'm that person at a family picnic or like a family party that goes straight to the person who's holding the playlist and I always request the cha-cha slide. It's true, I just love that song. I think it's a good song. I think, well, not a good song, but it's good in that it brings everybody together, it gets people moving, and we get to make memories out of that. I mean, that's so good. I hope that doesn't determine whether or not you would invite me to your next party. But just know that I will be trying to hear the cha-cha slide at most gatherings. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's me. It's also good for you to know that I work at Grace Fellowship Church. That's right. You know that name. I don't know if maybe Pastor Joe already told you that that's where I'm from. And you know this name because some of my very close friends have come and shared with you in the past. Among them are Luke Casagrande, Mark Voles, and Jay Davies. These guys are like my big brothers. And if they're like my big brothers and they consider you family, then I'm just concluding that I'm also your crazy cousin from another dozen. That's, that's right. That is the relationship that we have entered into today. So it's so good to meet you. I am in full-time ministry there. And I don't know if you would believe this, but when I was young, when everybody was trying to be superheroes and mermaids, this girl wanted to be a nun. It's true, I just wanted to be a nun. I loved the idea of people coming together, calling each other sister, sharing these awesome stories of love, and then doing loving things to love people well. I was like, yes, that's so cool. I totally wanna do that. I didn't end up joining, obviously, but I think that little Juliana would be giving me a thumbs up right now because not only have I continued in exploring what it means to love Jesus and to love others and to love myself well, but I certainly have found my sisters and brothers. I've certainly been, uh, I certainly have a deepening in my faith because of the love book that we get to read through, which is the Bible, of course, and certainly I've been loved well by the community. So I have chosen to 
continue exploring what that looks like for me and it just so happens that it landed me in a church working to promote church structure. So I use my gifts, my talents, and my resources to encourage and build up the church structure so that more people can experience the love of God through community, right? So that is a little bit about me. And if I can be honest, even just sharing that and stopping there feels a little incomplete. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling of introducing yourself, and of course you don't want to show all your crazy all at once, but sometimes it can feel a little incomplete just to, just to share only a snapshot of who you are. And with that, I want it to be very clear that while you may have heard a beautiful introduction there of cool things that God has done in my life. It's true that it hasn't all been rainbows and sunshine and butterflies. No, and that has not been my story. I know that it hasn't been your story. So with that, if you would allow me to just get a little vulnerable here and share some other parts that are also true and real about my life. So I was born into a very messy family, haven't we all? (laughs) I was born into a, a lot of dysfunction. It was a blended family that was marked by some pain and shame. There were definitely some particular moments that were emotional hurts that I've had to carry for most of my life and work through. Among them are when my parents first got divorced when I was very young. It was interesting trying to ask the question, how do I grow up gracefully in a broken family? I also experienced a lot of self-image and identity issues when I was in middle school and high school. For me, it just felt like every year was just getting worse. And if you are a student who's listening to this right now, let me encourage you. There is life after middle school and high school, okay? It will get better for you as long as you are pursuing Jesus, okay? Don't worry, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope and you do have a bright future ahead of you. For me, that those self-identity issues were, were so clouded and tainted by some of the darkness I had been experiencing that it really led me into an even darker place. By the time I was 19, I found myself in a very scary and toxic marriage, living as far as I possibly could from my family and all that I knew. I took a road trip from Miami, Florida to Tacoma, Washington area, and I did it all in the hope of trying to find the thing I had been seeking. All along, of course, it was Jesus, yet I took that journey. Now, 18-year-old, if that sounds fun to you, it's not fun, okay? It is not fun. Listen to your big sister here, your crazy cousin over here on this side of the world. Don't run away from home, okay? There, That's not always the best option. Uh, so then into my 20s, I uh, experienced wrestling through the toxicity that I was experiencing in my marriage. There were definitely many years that I felt like I had a lack of purpose. I felt that there was so much depression and anxiety that was affecting even me as a person. There was several years that I can say I felt very hopeless and powerless. 
I ended up crying through so many pillows when eventually my marriage failed and I went through a very heartbreaking divorce. In my 20s, I also remember experiencing a medical scare that almost took my actual voice. Nothing makes you feel more human than when you can't change or control the situation of a medical scare. I also remember experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety when I decided to make the switch of careers with zero dollars in savings. That was definitely a story to work through. I want to share even so much more, like the time that I walked through a chronic autoimmune disease and the time that my relationship with my father just completely fell apart. There's so much to share here. And maybe I'll get to do that with you in person one day, but let me stop and just say that for every mess that I have found myself in, I can genuinely say that God has given me a message. And for every heartbreak that I have experienced here on earth, yes, God has inspired a heartbeat towards heaven every time. And when I would look around and believe that I was living in, in a living hell, Jesus came to my rescue and showed me what it meant to have the peace of heaven. Now, I can say that even though I've experienced desperation, God has given me so much hope. I went from being scared and hurt, used, desperate, and depressed to healed and redeemed purposed, full of hope, and full of life. See, I had been rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ, and he has given me so much goodness, and I don't think he did that just so I could have a good story to tell. I believe he did that so I can have a God story to share, and that is my encouragement for you today, that you don't just have a good story to tell. You have a God story to tell. Amen? So here is what I would want to do. I think there's some differences between a good story and a God story. So a good story is like the kind that you would share at a party. Maybe you have the good story of that one time when you ran for class president and you ran your high school like a king or a queen. Maybe you have some good stories of Saturday morning waffle time and Sunday night spaghetti dinners with the family. Maybe you have a good story of that one time when you took your mom's car and you shouldn't have and you went to go hang out with people that you shouldn't be hanging out with in the first place and then the car gets towed and the good part is that you got the car back in the driveway with just enough time to scrape off the sticker and jump in bed minutes before her alarm went off. Maybe that's just my story. <laughs> that might just be a personal story. I would be interested to know if maybe you've had a similar experience, but we all have those kind of stories that we share at parties, right? I have some good stories that will make you laugh and cry and bring out the popcorn and just be like, why? Why did that happen, right? But when I die, I don't want to be known by all the good stories I've shared at parties. I don't want to be known by the good story of that one time when I fill in the blank. I want to be known by my God story, the million times that God 
fill in the blank showed me what goodness actually was, right? I want to be known by my God story, and I don't want that just for myself. I want this for you too. So let me tell you what I think uh, a God story is. A God story is a classic, never going out of style, ageless tale. It is culturally unbiased. It is globally appealing. It is a story that is scandalous, yet very pure. It is risky, yet very invitational. And while a God story is deeply personal, Once you begin to share that, it becomes a story that is available for all, for anyone and everyone who will listen. Now, I want us to look at Exodus 13 today to learn a little bit about what a God story is through the God story that we've been looking at the past few weeks. Pastor Joe has walked with you through this account uh, through chapter 12. And when we read in chapter 12, maybe it'll take some time to go ahead and read that book that those last few verses of that chapter what you'll see there is a conversation that's happening with god moses and aaron and god is downloading instructions to them about how to one day celebrate the mighty thing that god has done through the exodus of his people from slavery to did you say it freedom from to freedom And because he's downloading these instructions, he is getting very specific. And so he's telling these guys uh, what what the celebration is about. He gets very clear. He tells them what to bring and what not to bring and who should be there and what to do if a stranger wants to tag along. Basically, we see that God is the ultimate party planner here. And he doesn't just list out the what, when, where, and the how, but into chapter 13, he finishes his instructions by listing out the who. So join with me in 13. I have an awesome insight that has blessed me. Hopefully it'll bless you. Chapter 13, verse 1. Remember the context is he's given instructions, giving instructions, and he lands here in this passage. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male, the first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Interesting. So the Lord ends his instructions with this. Consecrate to me. This belongs to me. I love that. God says, this belongs to me. He's encouraging Moses to share with the people, do not neglect the greatest guest of honor in this celebration. This celebration isn't just about your freedom. It is about celebrating the great liberator who gave you the freedom in the first place. And don't you forget it. I think that God in his infinite wisdom knows how quick we are to want to celebrate and then become a party pooper. Yep, I just said that. Nothing is worse when you go to a party, a celebration, and in comes a party pooper. You might have cringed. Maybe you have some stories of a party pooper. Maybe you yourself have been the party pooper. It's like when a younger sibling doesn't understand why the older sibling is getting all the attention. Or it's like when you turn on a reality TV show and the mother-in-law shows up to the wedding and just this extravagant white gown that completely outshines the bride. Yes. 
that is a party pooper. And if we're honest, I think that there's some truth about this in our, in our lives. I think we can't just scroll past this and assume that this message that the Lord is saying to this group of people isn't relevant to us because it is relevant to us. I think that if our lives are meant to be a celebration of what God has done, we can quickly share a story of the uh, we can share the story of what we want to celebrate based off what we have done. And we very quickly neglect the person that we are to celebrate in the first place and that is God and what he has done in our lives. So just a little insight there. I think it's important as we look at God's stories in the Bible and identify what a God story is for us that we would remember, put our minds and our hearts set on what God has done, not so much what we've done or what we haven't done, right? Let's be truthful and honest and motivated to share the thing that God has done in our lives first. So back to scripture, chapter 13. Uh, I love how Moses responds to this. He addresses his people. In verse 3 he said, Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord has brought you out of it with a mighty hand. He turns to them and says, This will be a day that we will celebrate. We will celebrate the time that we experienced freedom from slavery. Why? Because God has done a great work among us with a mighty hand. He continues giving them some uh, encouragement and instruction. He kind of weaves in and out of this. He says, Eat nothing containing yeast. Today and the month of Aviv you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites, the land that he swore to the, your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. So he says, this is a great work that has happened and we will remember this day by having a ceremony to celebrate and he continues giving some instruction and then he kind of gets really passionate I imagine him being very passionate in this and he says on the day tell your son I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt this observance will be for you like a sign on your hand, a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. He says, your son will ask you why you are celebrating this and you will tell him the story of when God had released you from slavery into freedom. He continues, for the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Don't you forget it. And you must keep this ordinance at an appointed time year after year. He encourages this and them in this. Do not stop celebrating. Make time for this pretty consistently, frequently, often, so that people can hear the story. And he continues in this. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then he continues to tell a little bit more of that story, and he ends with 16. And it will be like a sign on your hand, a symbol on your forehead, that the Lord has brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. 
So looking at this text, the God story that I see here is a story that is one, centered on God. It, two, it clearly identifies what has been done, a great work of freedom from slavery. And three, a God story is celebrating through the sharing of the story itself. Just in that passage, I see four places where Moses is emphasizing, commemorating, celebrating, sharing with our children what, has got, what God has done. He points back to God. He clearly identifies that a rescue has taken place, and he repeats it like he's singing the same chorus of a song that's stuck in his head. The Lord has rescued us from Egypt. The Lord has rescued us from slavery. The Lord has brought us into freedom with a mighty hand. It's like he's singing the chorus of a of the same song again and again and again. I picture Moses being very deeply moved, emotionally moved by the potential that this God story has. I mean, the story of God releasing his people from slavery and into freedom didn't just change what Moses believed. It didn't just change his faith. It changed the future of the generations to come. It had a much bigger impact. I believe that Moses had the vision to see how this account had an imaginal impact, a powerfully enduring effect that would ripple into the generations to come. To him, this isn't just a good story that's centered on them. It is a God story that is centered on the freedom that God has given. And that is to be shared with others. Here's the truth. If you have given your life to Jesus, you too have a God story. You have been rescued from slavery with a mighty hand as well. It's true that without Jesus, we are, we are to continue to remain shackled by lies, a slave of fear, and in a prison of shame that bounds us all towards death. Yet with Jesus, we have experienced a freedom that means not just something to you, but something that changes your future and the future of your children for generations to come. I want to help you identify your God story a little bit more practically here. I want you to take out a pen and paper. And as you're doing that, I want you to draw like a chart that has two columns. Would you do that for me, please? And on one side of that column, of the first column, I want you to write who I was before I gave my life to Jesus. Who I was before I gave my life to Jesus. On the other side, in that other column, I want you to write who I am now that I have given my life to Jesus. Who I am now that I have given my life to Jesus. And what I want you to do is I want you to spend a few minutes and consider for yourself the times that you have been a slave to fear, the times that you have been shackled by by lies, the times that you have experienced a prison of shame. And I want you to very very simply identify some of those words. How did you feel? Who were you before you gave your life to Jesus? Were you hopeless? Were you powerless? Were you used? Were you desperate, depressed, anxious, or stressed? 
And now with Jesus, who are you now? Are you full of hope, full of joy? Are you patient now? Are you experiencing love and purpose and peace? I want you to identify that for yourself. Now, if you have never given your life to Jesus, I want you to spend just a few minutes to ask the question, what is a prison that is holding you right now? Where in your life do you feel shackled as though you were a slave to an addiction or a thought pattern or a certain behavior? And ask the question, what would hold you back from accepting the free gift of freedom that has been provided by Jesus Christ? Ask that question. I've prepared a song for us. It's called uh, Rescue Story by Zach Williams. We're going to play it. I want you to sit in these lyrics and write out on your chart. And I would love to know what it would look like for you guys to share that together in a small group experience. I'm sure Pastor Joe will give us some more instruction there. But how cool would it be if we did, if we went into our small groups or even with our family members and didn't say, hey, you want to hear a good story? But we would say, hey, you want to hear a God story? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And when people ask you why, what will you share? What will you say about what Jesus has done to bring you from that place into a new place? Again, if you don't know Jesus, ask the question, what is holding you back from saying yes to Jesus? And know that you can say yes even right now to experience freedom. And if that's the case, I would love for you to reach out to someone and say that you are interested in taking your next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope you enjoy this song. May it bless you more than anything I could have ever said today. I love you guys. I can't wait to meet you one day in person. Have an incredible week. Thank you.